is uh, Father's Day. Just to show how much we are concerned about that in our family, we thought it was last week. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, for for those of you, uh, we really don't care about holidays that much, but for what it's worth, I would consider you actually think about Sunday always being Father's Day. <laughs> I'm going to open by reading a couple verses out of Psalms 23. The Lord's my shepherd leading me. I will not be in need. He'll make me lie in pastures green by quiet waters lead. And He restores my soul again. He guides the steps I take to walk along a righteous path all for His name's sake. I have always loved the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I've always been concerned about those verses because it doesn't take into account my ignorance. <laughs> because how do you love the Lord your God if you do not know God? How do you love your neighbor if you do not know love? And... I purposefully try to define it in a way that I understand it and find little avenues to where I can act on those. And I I believe I have found a comfortable position. The, The word diversity has been politicized in such a way that I don't think the word will ever be used properly again. But to the believer, the only diversity we experience are the gifts that God has given us. And we rejoice when those gifts are used appropriately, used in a manner fitting of them. And the the best lie will always contain partial truth And the world has done a fine job of showing that. The world wants us to rejoice with the gifts that God has given, but to not concern ourselves with how they are used. And that is where the politicizing of the word diversity will always run amok. Because they do not focus on what unites. And that is what I'm going to be discussing the the peacemakers of old were not remembered for their cowardice but their heroism to they promoted righteousness they promoted obeying the gospel obedience that is what the uniting factor was always has been the same rules that applied to the Old Testament to the New Testament in principle still apply to us. Those who believe that the Son of God became man and suffered miseries, was crucified, dead and buried, and rose and ascended and sits at the right hand of God. John 1, chapter 12. Mm-mm. John 
chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received Him, those who took a hold of Christ, to them He gave prerogative to be the sons of God, those He adopted, even to them that believe in His name, which are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among them, and we saw the glory as the glory of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross and despised the shame and is set at the right hand of the throne of God. Man is commanded to believe God, to obey the gospel. The prophet who teaches, the priest who mediates, the king who rules, because of our ignorance, our sinfulness, our stubbornness, we are in need of a Christ who does all three of those without ceasing. Christ changing our image into His likeness as a caterpillar to a butterfly change. The These offices, these jobs, these... This is the Christ. This is the God that we know. Without a teacher, we we would never have wisdom. Without a priest, our prayers would never be heard. Without a king, we would always go astray. All three of these are necessary. This is the foundation. This is what unites diversity now that I would call is the first thing now we move on to the second things we may not transgress the rule of piety by doing anything that would not bring God glory or ordered according to his will Colossians 3 verse 16 and 17 Let the word of Christ dwell in you plenteously in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing your own selves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with a grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you shall do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, even the Father by Him. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 6 to 7 not with service to the eye as men-pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, serving the Lord and not men. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whether therefore you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Love is the basis of all piety, our intensity, our our zeal is visible. It's exhibited. It's a display. The when you were dating, 
you made an effort to be interested in the things of the other one. <laughs> I can't say spouse because it may not have turned into that. But you, you put an interest. You made a special effort to be interested in what they were. And the thought of doing that for God draws mock and ridicule if that even crosses your minds. It's foreign. That is unfortunate considering how important piety is in the life of a believer. Give to God the worship He deserves. Give to God the praise. Give to God the fear. Give your heart to Him, towards Him, resting on Him. And this is piety. Nor may we break the rule of charity by doing something that would not edify our brother. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23 to 26. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things do not edify. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles, eat, and ask no question for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's, and all that is in. Acts 20, verse 35. I have shown you all things, how that you so labor. You ought to support the weak, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is a blessed thing to give rather than to receive. An unbeliever flippantly disregards the whole concept of charity. And it's simple. This avoids correction. It promotes crude lifestyles. It's all about the self, which charity is the exact opposite of. The... The believer even disregards this rule by claiming a liberty of conscience. That it, it it goes against my conscience to do this or to not do it. But the liberty of conscience frees us to edify our brother. One of the finer examples I was able to see was at the OPC church they require the women to wear head hats in church it's their custom and the visiting couple went there they, they were not Presbyterian they were not OPC and the wife wore a hat because it did not bother her conscience to be with their brothers and sisters they were there to be as one to be united to sacrifice oneself for the other. If if you were able to still be selfish even after piety and considering it, charity will finally make you come face to face with it. If obedience to the gospel, if piety to God, if charity to your brother 
are not able to convince a person that selflessness is right and becoming of a believer, then nothing will. Consider everything that God has given you and take only what is necessary and give the rest to your brothers. That is very easy to see with time. Although one might jump to finances, it took time to build up that wealth. So in a very simple sense, it is always time to listen, to hear, to speak, to encourage, to admonish. That is the charity. And now we move on to purity. Purity. Do not perform any action with a doubtful conscience. Romans chapter 14, verse 5 to 8, and verse 14 on top of it. This man esteems one day above another, and another man counts every day the same. Let every man be fully persuaded in his mind. He that observes the day observes it to the Lord. He that does not observe the day does not observe it to the Lord. He that eats, eats to the Lord and gives thanks to God. He that does not eat, does not eat to the Lord and still gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, neither do we die to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, or whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. I know and am persuaded through the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But unto him that judges anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall seek God. The guilt a person goes through can be all-consuming. And if, if the person is adverse to repentance, the guilt can turn deadly. A, a confident person, those are the people we look up to. Those are the unsung heroes. They, during a stressful time, those are the ones that take charge, that make action. They have their feet firmly planted. They have a sure foundation. They have knowledge. They exhibit wisdom. They practice repentance. Those are the pure in heart. They do not allow remorse to overwhelm them without repenting and running to the gospel. The To be free from sin, to be free from guilt, is worth whatever price has to be paid. If it would be humbling yourself, then so be it. It's, if it's pride that's stopping, it is very short-lived. The reward of breathing deeply and exhaling is worth it. I 
hoped that you would see a symbolism between believing in Christ, obeying the gospel, loving the Lord your God, and loving your neighbor as yourself with these rules. These rules are easy for me to remember and just as easy as they are easy to convict a person. God placed these rules around us so we wouldn't be corrupted, so we wouldn't turn to evil ideas. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 15 to 17. For the Holy Ghost also bears us record. For after that he said, This is the testament that I will make unto them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. And their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Leviticus chapter 18, 4-5 But do after my judgments and keep my ordinances. To walk in them, I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and my judgments. For if a man does, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. Back to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 38-39 to Now the just shall live by faith. But if any withdraws himself, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those that withdraw ourselves unto perdition, but follow the faith unto the conservation of the soul, unto the preservation of our soul. The focus of the world, most assuredly, and sometimes the church, tends to emphasize on what an individual believes. I don't want to dismiss that. But completely ignoring the actions is a perfect mixture for poison. Consider the sermons you've listened to and how often you have heard the pastor or the preacher say, believe in Christ, believe in Christ, and rightfully so. How often have you heard that preacher state, obey the gospel? There is a subtle difference, and it is noticeable. One only pertains to the heart and may allow an excuse towards your members of your body. It's also easy to see why people do not practice the definitions of piety, charity, and purity. Because those three little words bring into question every action, every decision that has ever been made by you. It's rough. And... When believers act as if it's easy, I find it odd that that is edifying. There are a million excuses that are used for a person to do something or to not do something. They're always only an excuse. Some are good, some are not. But there was one person who walked this earth 
who had a perfect excuse to not do something. He wasn't guilty. And he still didn't use it. If you are looking for an escape to not do something, you need to have a very good reason for it. Because if anything, considering all of the rules, all of the Old Testament, all of the ceremonial laws that were written, when you come to the New Testament, Christ always asks more out of every moral obligation that was required. The New Testament's (coughs) principle is always more. For for the believer, these three rules always fall along the same path. The rule of purity. If someone's going to break the rule of purity, it's going to be because they don't want to do something. It's as simple as that. Selfishness. If they're going to break charity, it's very simple. It's going to be for selfishness. They're going to break the rule of purity. It's going to be very simple. It's going to be because of selfishness. All three of those build upon one another. It's a very evil chain. If you're going to break a rule, it's going to begin with purity. It's going to follow to charity. It's going to eventually land on piety. And then you're going to find yourself in in Hebrews where it says that God will have no pleasure in him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Promote gospel obedience. Promote righteousness. Promote piety, charity, and purity. Psalms 29, verses 1 to 4. You sons of gods, give the Lord as his right. Ascribe to the Lord both glory and might. And unto the Lord's name, its glory accord and splendor of holiness, worship the Lord. The Lord's voice is over the waters abroad, and thunder proceeds from the glorious God. Above the great waters, the Lord from his height, the Lord's voice of splendor, the Lord's voice of might. Living or dying, I still will be thine, though I am mortal, while thou art divine. Pardon whenever I turn from the right, pity and bring me again to the light. Psalms is usually read as an encouraging part, as a uplifting part. Scripture says Psalms is to be used for admonishing. Again, a curious, subtle difference that few people point out. And it's true, I I read Psalms for encouragement. It's it's very uplifting. Why doesn't the Psalms convict 
me as easy as it uplifts me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do not be ignorant and do not be foolish. And those words will treat you very well in this world, even in this world. And I am going to read Psalms 34. It's a longer psalm, but I'm going to close with it nonetheless and see if I can encourage and admonish at the same time. I will always give thanks unto the Lord. His praise shall be in my mouth continually. My soul shall glory in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. Praise ye the Lord with me, and let us magnify His name together. I sought the Lord, and He heard me. Yes, He delivered me out of all my fear. They shall look unto Him and run to Him, and their faces shall not be ashamed, saying, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord pitched around me that feared Him and delivered them. Taste and see how gracious the Lord is. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. Fear the Lord, you His saints, for nothing wanting to them that fear Him. The lions lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall want nothing that is good. Come, children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desires life and loves long days to see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips. Speak no guile. Eschew evil. Do good, seek peace, and follow after it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and His ears are upon are open unto their cry. But the face of the Lord, face of the Lord, is against them that do evil, and cut off their remembrance from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears them and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near them that are of a contrite heart, and will save such an afflicted in spirit. Great are the troubles of the righteousness, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, and not one of them is broken. But malice shall slay the wicked, and they that hate righteousness shall perish. The Lord redeems the soul of his saints, and none that trust in him shall perish. closing prayer, I will read Psalms 33. With gladness in the Lord, O let the righteous sing. For when the upright give Him praise, it is a fitting thing. So give the Lord your thanks 
with harp your music raise, and with a ten-stringed instrument sing out to him your praise. And as you sing and play, your skillfulness employ, O sing a new song unto him, with shouts express your joy. Lord, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for letting us come together, come together in your house, come together and worship our Father's Day. Lord, please be with us in the mind. Lord, please be with us when we act. Lord, let us never grow complacent when it comes to obedience and selflessness. In your name we pray. Amen. And now announcements. Thank you, Zach. Thank you for the the encouragement and the admonishment, right? Um, I want to keep Stanley in prayer. Some of you might know and some of you may not, but um, Debbie called me Tuesday. Uh, it happened actually Sunday where he actually slipped in his driveway on some moss. And of course, Stanley does things out in the field, does things actively all the time, but he fell wrong and he broke his ankle and it's in bad shape. He had surgery on it and uh, he'll be knocked out for quite some time. Carolyn could uh, sympathize with him and empathize with him very well. She's gone through something the same thing. So he's going through a lot of pain. And uh, so you, you might you might keep that in mind uh, and in prayer uh, for him. It's a busy time of the year to get the food for his animals. Yeah. As long as it rains, he'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's going to stack on it in time, though, even after it's not raining. We bailed with snow flying. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Good there. Done that one. I think the doctor said three months before he put his foot down. I think he mentioned uh, he, does, he does have brothers that uh, should be able to <laughs> get in. <laughs> if they listen to him. If they listen to him. His main concern. All we have to do is do what he says. But anyway, um, next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, uh, I'm going to start a new study. We didn't finish Acts yet. 